Yo, yo, yo. What the hell is up? Yo, hopefully <laughs> not the ground. <laughs> yo, yo, if you don't know this young man that I am sitting next to, um, well, this is your opportunity to get to know him. Young man, this is your opportunity to introduce yourself. Welcome to the culture. We're shooting this episode of the culture podcast live at your venue. So we're going to get into who you are and how you came to all of this as we go further, you know, into the podcast. But for now, please introduce yourself, Ming. Hi, I'm Z, um, otherwise known as Zebra. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I am from Venus and I came to Earth to mine for some rocks, yeah, like the moon type of rocks because you know we are the closest um, habitable space next to the moon earth's, earth's moon and that's where i can get my rocks uh, the, yeah the moon rocks yeah okay all right all right all right so z from venus you saying yes all right all right so z from venus just as an icebreaker Right. I want to find out what your opinion is on one particular comment that was made by one Charlize Theron a few weeks ago where she says the language that is known as Afrikaans is actually a dead language and all but 44 people in the world speak it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Really? She said this? Yeah, she said that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I've heard some weird, controversial stories around surrounding South, like Afrikaans as a language oh. in, in South Africa and where it comes from and whatever and how old it is. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm really not sure what to believe anymore because, um, yeah, it seems like the burkis don't only make plans but they also make up stories <laughs> <laughs> so so you're actually on Charlize Theron side well it if you could, had to pick a side yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say it's true um, I think Afrikaner is a, a long lost civilization sure. that um, came from Venus and we have now settled here in South Africa. Like I said, we are mining for rocks. And sometimes we smoke a bit much and then do you hear some things? Yeah. Well, you know, you know her, she's South African. Yeah, 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 she, yeah, yeah. She's, she's crazy. She's actually one of the few people that made it out of Benoni. Thank God. <laughs> what, am I, my, my, my facts are wrong, are you fact checking me? Oh, so she was out of Randburg first, then she, then she got to Benoni, then she got out of the country. Yeah. So, so okay. Yeah. Either way, the stones were there. <laughs> Our stoners appreciate that one. 
I I just wanted to say on that subject that you know I don't think like it's I don't think she's wrong, you know, because first of all that 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 language is kind of like a I'm not bringing down the language. Just think first of all like when she was saying it, she was just being dramatic because she's an actor. Of course, actors are gonna be dramatic. That's what the fuck they do, right? So every Afrikaans person who got offended. When she said 44 people, of course she didn't mean only 44 people speak the language. Don't be stupid. You understand what I mean? But but the point is true. It, there are very limited number of people in the world who can speak that language. What What's everybody upset about? Like, don't we understand metaphor? I, I think she was also referring to her contact list, considering... <laughs> Or her following, considering she thinks she knows the world, she had to go and count through them and be like, oh, 44, 44, okay, yeah, this is statistics right here, you know, and, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she's blonde, nothing against you blondes, but thinking is not really always your strong point. Your strong <laughs> point in life so yeah let's so yeah, so so, let's so do you do you discriminate against people based on their hair let me because it sounds like you kind of do honestly i don't discriminate mm. against anyone okay, right okay okay but i feel like you as a person on or like it, the way you look is an expression of who you are and mm-hmm. you should the, the way other people see you <laughs> so so what she's saying is that if i have blonde hair it's, it's my mistake for keeping it blonde yes. and people thinking i'm stupid <laughs> that's what she's saying yeah well <laughs> <laughs> like it's scientifically proven and um i can take my tablet here and pull up the article right now <laughs> but <coughs> They, they tested a bunch of blonde girls, right? Mm. Simple grade two exam, maths exam. How, how old were the blonde girls? The age v- varies from 28 <laughs> all the way up to 95. <laughs> Some of the girl, girls weren't blonde, but they turned blonde due to aging and the hair wasn't gray. It was sort of blonde. And they tested those girls as well to see what would happen. Mm-mm-mm. And after their hair, would di- they dyed their hair. All IQ of them did better up. in that same, exact same test. <laughs> Grade two test. <laughs> Grade two. <laughs> Simple math test. All of them did better. So, yeah. so, so what you're saying is that my hair color and hair type is linked to my IQ. Is that your theory? Is that is that something that you're gonna put back in your file when you on your on your when you turn on your mission from? I mean, it, it must be true. To Venus Haven't you Earth? seen a white guy with dreadlocks? He seems wiser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 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 what you're saying that on the hair spectrum, right? The hair type and hairstyle spectrum. The the antidote, the opposite of a blonde. Hair is dreadlocks <laughs> because 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 blonde hair 
ex- exude stupidity, but but dreadlocks exude wisdom. Is that if I'm correct to understand you like that? Well, that's just been my life experience. <laughs> So you can testify to that. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, 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 alright. I want to ask you about another one of your life experiences, man. Like, your life here on Earth. (laughs) So far. Yes. Yeah. Um, What do you think about um, this gentleman by the name of Josh Kesselman? If I'm not mistaken, right... From our conversation off air, Josh Kesselman is actually one of your icons. He's one of the the men that um, inspired you once you arrived here on Earth. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, I do really look up to Josh. Um, he is an icon in the cannabis industry, the fashion industry, the music industry, and um, the moon rock industry. Which, 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 which is what brought you into to, to Earth? Yeah, the moon rock industry is pretty much what brought me here since um, I need a mine for moon rocks. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's what I. So, so it's what, what I do? I'm a moon rocker. What can you tell us about Josh Castle? like for a lot of people who don't know about him hopefully one day you know we'll be able to get josh kesselman onto the culture podcast that's one of our bucket list objectives you know and i feel like you know you're you're actually a very positive step in towards that direction you know like you're the actually the first person to be on our show to tell us about josh kesselman and how he ties into your story well Josh Kesselman is the founder of Raw and um, he also owns a lot of other brands and companies but the most important one obviously is Raw because that's the one we live by day it's like wake up in the morning read bible that's the first page second page is Raw (laughs) you know and um, his goal and my goal is pretty much the same, and that is to make everyone moon rockers. <laughs> okay, word, yeah, because we can never have enough moon rocks. Mm. And if all of us rock and roll, like r- like raw style, keep it raw. Did, did you say keep rock? Ro- ro- did you say rock and roll or yeah. rock and roll? Rock and roll, uh-huh. you know, like roll. Yeah. Keep your rolling roll. Yeah. Otherwise, um, Santa won't bring you a present this year because all these, I won't necessarily bring up a country. <coughs> I'm just going to say all these Chinese slaves <laughs> um, that are held hostage in a different country. Just so that a Chinese brand can be called <coughs> made in somewhere, mm. you know, and it's uh, it's like rolling paper that isn't even made by smokers, mm. and it gives our smokers a horrible experience. For sure. And you know, we want to moon rock hard, hit moon rock hard. When you smoke moon rocks, 
you need proper paper that and um, Josh gave us the perfect recipe for paper and then another thing about his paper roll 100% of the proceeds goes to foundations oh um, she yeah and he's feeding kids all over Africa bringing water to places that's never had water before that's crazy doing all sorts of amazing pro projects with our smoking money which I think is really cool yo that's crazy yeah I had no idea I didn't know that actually that's really cool yeah. and that's something every smoker should know yeah yeah how how buying legitimate raw rolling paper contributes towards building communities disadvantaged communities across the world I, I had no idea about that eh? that's quite crazy yes that's another thing which I heard you say they're legitimate is important because there's a lot of fake roles yeah. in um, and around South Africa especially sure. um, we know them they don't stick yes and um, it's easy to check if it's fake or not usually there's a barcode on uh, the product scan the barcode before you buy it and if it's a fake do not buy the product or support that shop's products anymore and also um, let us know on Instagram Rawfenticator yeah 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 yeah, yeah. hashtag Rawfenticator go yeah. and get your stuff checked out online on Instagram Twitter Facebook wherever you are and there should be a raw website where you can check your stuff within the minutes to see if it's fake or not okay cool shout out man shout out we're learning you learn something new every day yeah i'm saying so so what would you say is is the raw lifestyle if if uh well i was gonna say if someone asks you what would you say is the raw lifestyle but i am asking so what would you say according to your depth of understanding of the brand and the man behind it what would you say is the raw lifestyle uh, i'd say organic putting nature and people first together um, looking at them as one because at the end of the day we are nature and we need to keep that mindset rather than working against nature mm. and then yeah like i said organic is a big thing um keep keeping things organic and uh, yeah keeping things to the roots of where it came from i mean another thing that josh kesselman did was uh, his factories he set up in spain alcoy which is a uh, uh, the birthplace place of rolling paper so yeah he didn't like head out to china or whatever mm, mm, to, to do it cheaper to do it cheaper yeah. and he uplifted a community that's been doing mm. that for years so let so. me tell you a, a crazy story that i read here yeah, because you know my interest in josh kesselman only came about like after meeting you i won't lie right and uh, i watched uh, one documentary i've only ever watched one documentary about him and one interesting thing you know he tells a story about how his dad used to every time it was christmas show him this one trick magic trick <laughs> you know and he'll take this rolling paper he'll light it throw it in the air and the the rolling paper would just vanish in the air it would burn into thin air literally <laughs> you know 
Yes. And and then like fast forward the story, George Kesselman tells a story about how when he was getting into the 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 the, the rolling paper game somebody who was looking to partner up to start a rolling paper approached him and this guy was from a certain factory and that factory turned out to be the very same factory that you know produced that rolling paper that josh's dad used to do that magic trick with and i was like yo that's crazy you know like when when they say that you're born for something well the moment i discovered that i was like yo this guy was born to do this shit (laughs) this this rolling paper shit, you know, it, 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 it it's a calling, you know. So you explain the raw lifestyle, right? You know, and, and it's a calling and you're in it. So I want to know, getting into UZ from Venus, even though men are from Mars and women are from Venus, UZ are from Venus. And we're not saying anything about your gender. <laughs> I just want to know, who are you? Who are you and how does Josh Kesselman and the raw lifestyle tie into who you are and the fact that we're doing this recording of our podcast in your shop? Well, um, I am I'm just me, honestly, but uh, what I want to do in my goal is to uplift the community in South Africa, especially the cannabis community. Um, and yeah like i believe that raw could help us assist the community just um, in the right direction and help us get all the fakes off the streets and at least do something about that and take the money um, that was spent on fakes uh, to uplift the market in South Africa because the cannabis community in South Africa really needs assistance at the moment the government um, is messing us around the one hand is not speaking to the others we are always getting arrested for simple moon rocks and we came to earth peacefully just to you rock know, yeah just to rock and we we can't rock without your assistance so we need every one of you each wherever you might be if you sitting underneath a tree if you're smoking up a jay somewhere um, at the ocean just give us a like subscribe send it to all your buddies so that uh, we can please send uh, spread awareness because we need as much help as we can get yeah yeah so so this is only the start for us I wanted to bring up another thing, right? You know, you're talking about your your activity and your activism in the cannabis, the local cannabis space and community, right? So, like, the question I have for you is, you know, the the, the, the cannabis industry and community has, has, has changed fast, faster than a lot of people actually realize, you know, and I want to express my point like this I'm just going to be blatant and outright the other day my local club was closed you know my local club sometimes closes it happens so I was like um, I want to get something to smoke but the club is closed 
so I um, so my local cannabis club was closed, right? And uh, I, I, I'm in this WhatsApp group, a cannabis community group, so I put out a request, like, yo, anybody in the East Rand know a plug who can deliver what, what, what? So someone DM'd me, they sent me a menu, and, you know, I had the money, I had the moolah, and, you know, I placed my order, and the guy started giving me excuses. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And, you know, I felt so... I found myself getting angry even, slightly angry, you know, and impatient. And I realized that the cannabis club model has actually spoiled me because it's been a long time since I bought from a dealer. I, I don't mean to use those words, you know, those are not the words that we use when we talk about cannabis, but, you know, that's, that's, that's like putting it very blatantly, you know. So, like, what do you think? is the future of, of cannabis in, in South Africa. But I also wanted to say, you know, I feel like I had every right to get upset at that guy because if you're providing a service, you've sent me a menu, you don't have what's on the menu, <laughs> your prices are outdated, and, and uh, you know, it's just not as advertised. I had every right to, to get upset, and that's what I'm saying. It's like some some entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry have eliminated that kind of a problem that can occur for their clients. You know, now I know I can just walk into a club if I'm a member and I'll get exactly what I want when I want it, which is a great thing. But what do you think on that subject? I, I think the cannabis club model, the growers operation model and all the social club models and stuff is uh, a great model for now. But I don't think that it is the ultimate mo model, especially in South Africa, where um, we have areas where it's pretty hard to enforce um, good agricultural practices, uh, such as areas like, for for example, like um, let's say. The, the, the lady on the streets in the side of Johannesburg selling Nachis. Mm. You know, how do you... If you look at law, in actual fact, there's supposed to be paperwork and licensing and stuff attached to those Nachis and stuff. Yeah. You know? But because it's South Africa, um, we can't enforce that, you know, because of situations and... Um, the rural spaces and all that makes it difficult for uh, clubs to like private club models to become established in um, rural spaces without the correct support you know the correct systems the correct technology I mean it's easy to run a private club with let's say 1550 15 to 50 people and get away with it on paper um, and do paperwork you know but l once you upscale it and once you're looking at like a club that's supporting a community of 500 600 mm. stoners mm. and um, 
people using cannabis for uh, medicinal use and all that and then all that paperwork becomes tricky mm. you know, tracking plants and all that mm. and it becomes simply becomes unaffordable or it becomes a headache that the people in rural areas have never thought of or never are able to to yeah. come past so yeah. um, one of the goals I have is to develop a, a system which I can take and um, make it easier for a private club to get set up and sort of have a vending machine style private club where it's easy, um, where anyone can go yeah. to as long as they're the right age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all the, all the paperwork, everything has already been accounted for. Yes. There's less admin for, you know, everyone going forward from the supplier. Yes. Yeah. You're just yes. trying to make it less less admin, more accessible. Yes. That's more accessible and more affordable as well. I mm. mean, um, right now, if, you, if you're looking at like points of sales apps and uh, farming apps to track and all that, um, it's pretty complicated, number one. And number two, it's all of them, uh, even the cheapest, the, the free ones, Later on, if you want to do certain things like stock take and stuff like that, you're gonna have to pay extra fees onwards. So you end up do you end up paying for it, which is not that bad considering the amount you the amount of work you'd save doing actual paperwork. But um, it's still a headache out there for some people, and um, it's something that we should address. My dream is for South Africa to have. Uh, cannabis clubs and cannabis available on every corner you know mm. um, I want to see joints being sold like loose drawers mm, 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 on, mm, mm, mm. on the side of the corner when mm. I walk past mm. fr from uh, the lady in the morning when I buy a maguina <laughs> get mm, my joint mm, there mm, and mm. I want things to be okay like that because uh, that's how South Africa should be yeah I mean, yeah. Especially South Africa, considering that, you know, two-thirds of the world's cannabis is produced in Southern Africa. Yes, that's correct. You know what I'm saying? So, why not? Yes, and I am complaining. Uh, I think South Africa is now <coughs> the third or the second most legal country really? in the world. Really? Yeah. After Thailand? Well, or. Yeah, I don't know what happened now in Thailand. Mm. This was before this now in Thailand that I read okay. this article. So you mean to tell me that but on a global scale, South Africa is actually a leader? It's, it's one of the leaders and people look up to us. That's actually. crazy. Because yeah, in South like Africa, look we're, looking at, like at, we're looking at this shit like we're backwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why it's shocking that we're actually leaders in some places. Yeah. Like United Kingdom and stuff like that, you th we look at that and we're like, okay, UK cheese, they must have like a, a strong cannabis community. And it's true, they do. But um, again, they uh, have a very strict law against cannabis to the point where even if you have a grinder, um, you can get arrested for residue in the grinder if it looks used. Know, you can get arrested for using the wrong words at a smoke shop. That's crazy. Instead of, if you call a bong a bong, 
Mm. And that's a taboo. The mm. s- people that work at the smoke shop won't even sell it to you. They mm. you know, have to call it a water pipe. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And South Africa, we should be free. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually you're right, man. Because we can get... We get uh, speaking of bongs, dog, let's hit this bong. Yeah. <laughs> Did you pack this for me? I, I, pack, I packed it for us. We can share it. Okay, let's see if I can do that. I haven't <laughs> shared a bong in a long time. Okay, I'll hold the mic for you. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if you want to shift on to a slightly more political topic. I, I don't know how in touch you are as an alien with, with the political matters of Earth, but uh, I want to ask you. I what? Spoke Oh, you smoked it all. <laughs> okay, cool. Now I I'll, do apologize. I'll, 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 I'll have to. I'll have to pack the other one. Now there's still a bit more. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, man. I've seen you. I've seen. I've seen you walking around, man. I've seen you walking around. You know, for an alien, you're quite fresh, man. You know, you put a lot of human beings to shame <laughs> with yeah, your yeah. with your drip. Yeah, it's really. It's, it's literally out of this world. <laughs> The drip is literally out of this world. Now, the interesting part is... Um, I saw you in some Balenci's the other day, man. Not that I caught you. You know, I won't say I caught you because you haven't worn them since the scandal came out. And the funny thing is that it was the scandal. They were the same Balenci's you were wearing. How scandalous is that? Now, I'm not accusing you of being a child pornographer. But, you know, as someone who owns Balenci's, you know, are you going to still buy another pair considering, you know, that that's what they're accused for? Well, I, I actually, as it, let I me, actually l- feel l- like let me pack that myself exact a pair... I feel like that exact pair of um, shoes has gained value now. Well, maybe not right now, but it's gaining value by the minute. Especially because of that whole scandal thing. And I think um, they didn't look at it properly and take a close look. I think it's, it's fashion. And I think at the end of the day, it's Balenciaga. It's not designed for kids per se or for anything per se other than humans and whatever humans do with it that's their case if you look at it and you say it's child pornography i think that's just a reflection of your thoughts um i don't know who was the first one to point it out and say look there child pornography balenciaga but um shame on you Shame um, on the person to point it out. Yeah, shame on you. Who no, are not, you not, to not, say? Not, not on Balenciaga. Not on Balenciaga. Wow. Um, because I'm, I'm not judging you. That's your view. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Balenciaga is a fashion brand. I looked at that. At the end of the day, and I was like, what? There's no child pornography there at the end of the day. It's more like teddy pornography, and it's not even. I mean, that kid had an option to dress that. Teddy, how that kid wanted to. 
And if it shows leather straps, who am I to say? Yeah, you know? that's, a, that's a very interesting uh, viewpoint, you know. And you know what, that's, that's your view. Uh, I think it's just crazy, you know, how much a fashion label can cause division, you know, like, and even the conspiracies that come out of it, you know. I've since seen Andrew Tate put out a think piece on his platform where he's calling it comic retribution. Yes, he's saying comic retribution. He says uh, people who practice Satanism, part of their practice is comic retribution, meaning if if I give you a cigarette and I don't tell you that it kill it can kill you, um, karma's gonna catch up to me, right? But if I give you a cigarette and I tell you this thing can kill you and you still take it, that's on you, right? So apparently the Balenciaga people are putting it out outright in the open. This is not me, right? I'm just putting a theory out there to to let the Satanist community know, I guess, and everybody in the world that, look, this is what we're doing. Don't say we didn't tell you that we're doing it. And that somehow makes it okay. That's, that's the theory that's going around. And I don't know, I'm just like, on top of that, you know, like, I'm like, okay, because I'm a Kanye West fan, right? Balenciaga cut ties with Kanye the moment Kanye said those allegedly anti-Semitic comments, but Balenciaga does child pornography and, you know, not I'm not judging you, you know, people are still going to wear that brand. Yeah. I'm just like... And people still be Kanye fans. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess, I guess. You know, it's just people get being people, right? Yeah. How do you feel about people as a as an alien? Well, generally, um, I don't like people. <laughs> so, next point. Okay. <laughs> but there are people that you do like. Josh Kesselman being one of them. Well, generally, I don't like people. I feel like Josh is an alien. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was about to say as we wrap up. Please. I wasn't going to like <laughs> speak for him and say what planet he's from or where. <laughs> what's the story? You know? definitely Why is he here? <laughs> but I do believe he's a, 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 rock, a rock and roller as well. Okay. You know, like me, I'm a moon rocker. He's a rock and roller. All right. So I, I want to ask you, um, with your, I th- I'm pretty sure, you know, people like you have eight or nine senses. So with your ninth sense, can you scan the entire world and maybe just as we wrap up this podcast, give me a list of maybe five people you think might also be moon rockers or rockers just like you? Well, Santa Claus is definitely number one on my list. <laughs> okay, Santa. Okay, and then... Um, well, 
Donald Trump sure did give him a run for his money, but uh, he didn't make my list. Um, also, he suspected Donald Trump, but he's not. He's not. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who who I can even compare to Santa. <laughs> So, um, let me think. Do you think Jesus was an alien? Is an I don't know if you know maybe. But Nelson Mandela. Okay. Definitely. Santa. Robert Mugabe. Santa Madiba Mugabe. Yes. Um, Winston Churchill. <laughs> um, Why are all your alien politicians? Except Santa. <laughs> the the how many people do I have left? Yeah, one left. One alien disguised as a person. The last one that no one knows, but oh, or everybody knows, Elon Musk. <laughs> hey, I think we're done here, man. Z from the planet Venus, man. We appreciate you at the Culture Podcast. Keep rocking, man. And I hope you find your mind and them moon rocks, man. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep rushing that moon rocks. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go and rush on some right now. So. <laughs> All right, thank Thanks. you so much. Peace.